Hello and welcome to the Belvoir official podcast. Belvoir, of course, is one of the UK's largest letting agencies, over 170 branches and growing. On this episode, we get to grips with one of the most debated subjects in the world of property. Renters get stuck renting because they're spending so much of their money on rent. And today's data shows that demand for rentals is indeed sky high. We are, of course, talking buy to let and the reality of the market. In particular, are landlords really leaving the sector or are some of these headlines a little bit misleading? With us, as ever, the CEO of Belvoir, Dorian Gonzalez, is with us. Dorian, hello. Ian, thank you so much for that very kind introduction. It's a pleasure. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mentioned the, the word misleading there because I, I, I've lost count of how many conflicting headlines about specifically about buy to let that I've read because I think there's a lot of journalists are quite in love with the headline landlords are leaving the sector and we seem to see that a lot and we'll come to perhaps the reason why some of them might be in a bit but broadly speaking that's not really borne out by the figures that's a fair point to make and I think you know a good starting point is to debunk some of the myths around the numbers of, of, of properties that are being rented across this country and, and and also that the measure of how many properties are being currently rented because you know I think like you I've, I've, I've seen some interesting headlines recently that suggest that landlords are exiting the market en masse. 13 million people are currently renting properties and if landlords had exited en masse I think we'd be seeing you know a much bigger problem than we're seeing now. So, you know, what I'm not trying to do is, you know, I'm not trying to say that um, landlords are not exiting. What I'm saying is that in, a, in any given year, landlords will exit the market because they want to realise their investment. They may think that property prices exactly. have topped out, yeah. you know, and, and um, um, they may want to go and move back into the property. And of course, they can't do that if somebody is in situ. So there are, there are many, many reasons why properties disappear from the rental sector and sort of understanding some of the numbers around it may help people to really sort of take a slightly different view as to some of the headlines that we we read. Uh, yeah, I was going to add to that as as well that you know when people talk about x amount of people have left an industry the bit missing from that headline is that every year x amount of people mm-hmm. leave an industry property is no different people retire as you say people realize that they're you know they they they've reached what they want to do and move on and then of course other people come in Correct. And, um, you know, you can't argue with the fact that landlords are facing some challenges. Um, you know, there are some headwinds and those headwinds include um, increased mortgage costs. I think, you know, and that's not just a headwind that landlords are facing. You know, that's also the same for homeowners. There are increased costs on the horizon, such as energy performance requirements. Um, you know, I appreciate that Energy requirements are quite a big topic, really, in housing and motoring and all sorts of things. But, you know, landlords are also facing sort of higher energy performance costs long term, which, you know, although that the cost may not be insurmountable, if you increase somebody's costs, the chances are that the end user will end up paying for those costs further down the, uh, the supply chain. And that's actually what we're seeing with, with rents at the moment. And then, then of course, you've got kind of um, regulation um, that is, is, has been steadily increasing on landlords for the last few years and higher taxation. So, so, so I mean, there are, there are some headwinds facing landlords, but, you know, we also need to remember that landlords own properties and rent them out for lots of different reasons. And it isn't just the fact that they're doing it for investment purposes. I know lots of landlords who have bought properties because they want something that the kids could live in. 
in, you know, if, if they really need to. Some landlords buy properties that they want to live in themselves, you know, in the future, but they're not quite ready to move area or move job or retire or whatever. So it isn't just driven by an investment decision. And of course, you know, if you step back from all of this and just look at the capital gain that properties have seen, let's say over the last five years, that, you know, a lot of landlords have seen gain on properties over the last sort of five years, maybe 30%, 25 to 30%, depending where you are in the country. So even if property prices fall back a little bit, um, you know, landlords have still got, in essence, profit in the properties, but that profit isn't recognised until they sell. And and that's the big question, you know, are, are landlords sort of selling more properties now than, than in previous years? I think they are. That that hasn't yet sort of shown itself in the in the stats, and I'll come on to that in a second. But at the same time, you know, we're seeing landlords buying properties. It, it's just the as you touched on earlier, it's just the difference between you know those who are buying and those who are selling really dictates what the size of the sector is going to be in the future. Indeed, and you know, it should be said the rental demand is absolutely huge at the moment so there are people there and there are clearly landlords who are servicing that need it's a good point in that um rental demand and and this is a statistic that i've taken from zoopla it was used by the bbc two weeks ago and zoopla reported that demand for rental properties on their portal so it's a pretty good measure of, of of demand you know we all love to surf the portals and super reported that demand for rental properties is 57 percent higher now compared with the five-year average and then to counter that the number of available properties is 28 percent lower now um, versus the five-year average so you've got a fall in supply in terms of properties that are available which i think we all know that you know you look on Ryan before zupiter and you can see that you know there aren't many properties to rent but then the bit that's more difficult to see is just the sheer level of demand and demand is is plus 57 percent versus the five-year average as i say i mean that is a a very very high figure that's uk wide and buy to let and property lettings has always been demand driven. You know, if, if people didn't want to rent properties, there wouldn't be any buy to let properties. So it's always demand driven. Okay. And at this sheer level of demand, it's clear that tenants are screaming out for more properties. And if there aren't many properties available um, to rent, which there aren't, the net effect of that is that rents are now rising in most regions by around 10%, possibly more in, in some regions and sort of higher in Scotland. That's on new tenancies, not on existing tenancies. There does seem to be a, a not unreasonable question or argument from many landlords who quite reasonably argue that you know we are helping the, the, the shortage of the private sector assists the government in in housing, of course, and, you know, to a very significant degree. Uh, Without the private sector, there would be real problems, of course. And so landlords often think, well, hang on, we've got all these new rules and regulations that have come in, and there will be perhaps more to come. And of course, the the property market has, has not disagreed with all of those areas. There are some really good things in there that make sense. And in fact, some landlords and agencies have been calling for for decent regulation. So there's a, a template and a guide. But there is a sense that some landlords feel a little bit stuffed when they're doing their bid, assisting the government by supplying houses only to be regulated more and more. That's such a good point because I'm starting to feel as if the government has sort of backed itself in a corner really in in terms of, you know, how they deal with this problem going forward. So, you know, if, if we define the problem, you know, the problem is 
that we have a shortage of properties for people to buy. And, you know, government has said that it's going to go on a, you know, a sort of initiative to build more properties. Um, but haven't we heard that before? And on the social housing side, we've seen a lot of properties disappear from social housing under the right to buy scheme, which dates back to um, you know, the days of Thatcher. And of course, there are one and a half million people on council house waiting lists waiting for social housing on the rental side and then so what's actually happening is that you know if if people either can't afford to buy somewhere or they should be in the social housing sector but they can't find a suitable property because there just isn't one available there is only one other tenure and that other tenure is the private rented sector so again this is just adding to the sheer volume of of demand for rental properties that's exacerbated in a market where property prices are falling just when you know we thought with demand was, was sort of high and then you add into that the fact that if property prices are falling some buyers will hold back um, waiting for property prices to to bottom out whenever you know whenever that is and during that intervening period while they're holding back they normally rent <laughs> so you've kind of got that introduce another sort of um, layer of demand on top of very high demand indeed but it does seem in fairness to, the, to those landlords because nobody sympathizes with a landlord do they i mean it's it's a, it's a rather unfortunate <laughs> i mean there is that argument i think we discussed it before maybe you need to change the name <laughs> a landlord into something else because there is this very misplaced and an incredibly annoying sense that you know every landlord is a multi-millionaire and they're doing just nicely and they've got a thousand properties and they don't care what it looks like and of course that isn't true at all you know most people uh, who are landlords own one or maybe two properties, and of course there are bigger uh, empires and people with bigger portfolios, etc. Uh, but most landlords want to do it right; they want to do it properly. They want to have a good, clean, nice business. But they do sense that you know the, the tax issues surrounding being a landlord, and of course all the various other elements of bureaucracy that have come in, certainly hasn't made the job easier over the last couple of years. No, it certainly hasn't. And, you know, there, there have been a sort of raft of changes since 2016 that have just increased uh, landlords' cost. And, you know, he, here is the sort of crux of it, is that um, as far as the, the sort of numbers around the private rented sector, um, and I'll just come back to the, the sort of crux in, in just one second, that the numbers are that the private rented sector is around the same size as it was back in 2016. But we've got now we've got two million more people in the UK. We've got another three million um, apparently going to join us, you know, over the next ten years. Um, so you, you sort of immense pressure on, on sort of you know housing stock across the board. And at the same time, for, for lots of different reasons, government have, have been on a little bit of an anti-landlord crusade. And, and like you say, I think government now are sort of backing off somewhat. But actually, um, it takes so long for new properties to enter the sector that I think if government doesn't see landlords as part of the, the, the solution going forward and they still view landlords as being part of the problem i think tenants are going to find themselves you know in, in, a, in a bit of a sticky place over the next 12 months or so the numbers by the way around um sort of landlords as i say i mean the, the sector is about the same size as it was and, and, I, and, I, and i've seen lots of headlines saying you know landlords leaving the sector the data set actually hasn't been issued so the the, the data around the number of landlords selling properties. There, there are a couple of measures that are quite useful for making that judgment, neither of which have been <laughs> released and neither of which are, are in date, and I'll explain. Um, so firstly, you've got, you've got data from HMRC based on capital gains tax data. Now, that suggests that landlords sold 153,000 properties in the 21-22 financial year, but that in itself is, is pretty out of date now. 
in terms of what figures when they're announced. You know, it, it just takes time for these figures to sort of be announced to the public. And and in terms of that 153,000, that was 8.5% more than government originally estimated, which if you apply 8.5% to 153,000 properties, it's not that many extra. You know, we're talking of maybe um, you know, eleven or 12,000 additional properties over and above what government estimated in the first place. The second measure, um, and the much better measure in my opinion, is the English Housing Survey, which is released in December every year. But again, it's financial year. So the last report was last December. That was for the same financial year as I just mentioned. And in that survey, it showed that the number of rental properties had in fact increased. It hadn't decreased. <laughs> So, sort of point being, when you you know we we talk about mischievous headlines, you know I think we accept that some landlords are exiting, but they always do, um, for the reasons that we set out earlier. The real measure will come in December when we'll be able to see the the true number of, of properties in the private rented sector, and um, and I think that will make quite an interesting reading. And is that the official release of that data in December? It is. It is. It's called the uh, the English Housing Survey. It's released by ONS. Anybody can read it. Um, I'll try and read it first. <laughs> but, you know, along with lots of other sort of... Um, property- Dorian will read it, so no one else has to. <laughs> exactly right. Lots of property enthusiasts will, will, will sort of, you know, get up very early to, to read that report. But sort of point being, that, that will act as a, a marker as to the direction of travel of the number of private rented properties. And that's either going to worry decision makers or reassure people that, you know, landlords are actually still, you know, in situ, albeit there may be a slight change in the, uh, in the overall numbers. So an overarching point, I guess, to, to kind of complete this on, Dorian, let's fast forward five or maybe even 10 years. Um, you talked quite rightly about the increase in population. These are massive factors that are built into any country's economy and economic outlet and what it means uh, house building has been contentious it was you know way back in the 50s whenever it was when Macmillan said i can do 300,000 a year and did we haven't seen that really since then for about half a century anybody really hit those kind of numbers somewhere along the line we're either going to hit the buffers in a spectacular way or someone will come along and start building more houses and therefore there'll be more landlords and the like what do you give us a sort of an overarching prediction as to what you think should happen and what you think might happen well i think first of all you know as far as home ownership um, is concerned the government actually has been dare i say you know reasonably successful in driving home ownership over the last five years there's a but coming you can probably tell with my voice there is a but coming <laughs> and and the but is um that but it's been at the expense of new properties entering the private rented sector. So they have, in essence, discouraged one in favour of another. Now, the problem with that sort of policy going forward is that's not a balanced policy that's going to, you know, help renters and help people in social housing and help first-time buyers get onto the property ladder. It's, you know, it's helping one side at the expense of others. And I think a lot of sort of the, the press that I read in and, and, you know, you mentioned social media, you know, as part of this, you know, things do tend to feel a bit tribal, don't they? You mentioned earlier that, you know, landlords haven't had the best sort of um, image over the last few years. Maybe they need to reinvent themselves in some way, which I completely agree with. But actually, I think we need to welcome back anybody who is willing to um, sort of build properties um, should be welcomed and, and supported by government. So that's part of it. I think anybody who's willing to bring rented properties to the sector, whether that's an institution by means of built to rent, which again is part of, um, you know, built to rent is essentially where you get, you've, you've got a, um, an institution piling money into housing developments that are being delivered 
for renters, but bill to rent is still very small and it takes many, many years for bill to rent properties to to sort of come through into the general market. So kind of what I'm coming to and then social housing is the sort of third part of that. It, it, it feels as if if you want to have a long-term housing plan, you need some very joined up thinking at government level to achieve that. But also that thinking needs to be longer than the parliamentary periods. Um, you know, if, if it's going to take five to 10 years for anything to have a meaningful impact on, on the private rented sector or home ownership or social housing, then actually we probably need maybe a 20 to 30 year plan, I would suggest, Ian. So in, in the short term, I think market forces will prevail. I think the builders will, as soon as we're out of the immediate woods in terms of interest rate rises and property prices sort of falling or, or stagnating, I imagine the house builders will fire back up again and start building you know supported by government and i think either you know whoever we end up with in government um i think we'll sort of really push home ownership going forward so i think you know the, the new build side could be quite exciting long term you know that's just my view and on the private rented sector i think that um if we want more properties in the sector people have got to accept that we need more landlords and that change in thinking will sort of um, dictate what happens over the next five to ten years if the thinking can change then landlords will bring more properties to the market. Rent rises will be tamed, and I think we'll have happier stakeholders, you know, across the whole of the rented sector, rather than one unhappy and one happy, or you know, sort of switch between the two depending, you know, which which year it is. But you know, it's in many ways, of course, it's a complex problem, but ultimately, it's got to start with the people who are capable of bringing new properties for people to live in, and I think that has to be the uh, starting point. And despite, you know, some of the difficulties, as, as a landlord said to me recently, look, nobody ever said it's going to be a straight, smooth road in any business. There's always going to be a few bumps, whether that happens to be regulation, whether it happens to be interest rates, that's kind of baked into the uh, equation. But regardless of all of that, he said, whatever is going on in the world and certain areas that are still unsettled, he said it's still a great profession to be in. And I think that kind of sums it up really rather nicely. It certainly does, and, and who shouldn't be overlooked really are the uh, the sort of small, you know, private landlords. And um, I heard a sort of throwaway statement a few days ago where somebody said, "Oh, yes, the small landlords leaving the sector." That's not correct. Landlords who tend to leave the sector come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, exactly the same as the, the type of landlord that joins the uh, the sector. So you can't sort of characterise leaving landlords in, in any particular category we also need to remember that you know a lot of landlords don't have any any financial gearing so that they're mortgage free it's about 40 percent are mortgage free therefore they are completely unaffected by the uh, you know the changes in interest rates what i think will probably happen in, in the sort of short term in is that you know the interest rates are going to top out at some point and then i suspect we're going to see a lot more activity in, in the sort of housing market both from home buyers and from landlords as a result but it just at the moment it sort of feels that that you know that feels you can almost see that you can see the point almost that you know the rates are going to top out but we just haven't quite it hasn't it hasn't quite happened just yet you know possibly towards the end of the uh, end of the year great stuff dorian fabulous informative overview of what is happening out there and we will speak on the next episode in us you look forward to it thank you very much and don't forget to join us for the next installment of the belvoir official podcast in the meantime please visit the website belvoir group dot com.